We conclude the book of Ruth today. Ruth, the Gentile, the Moabite, the great-great-grandmother of King David. In the book of Ruth, we have a coming together. Ruth, a cursed Gentile, a Moabite, and Boaz, the Jewish Goel, or her Redeemer. It's interesting that Naomi and Boaz do not meet until the ceremony, the marriage ceremony of Boaz and Ruth. They just know of each other. The book of Ruth has a Gentile, Moabite, bringing Naomi, a Jew, to her Redeemer. And she does this in a marriage ceremony. Today we await the return of Christ. Ruth represents the Gentile church. And as the church, we make known the Messiah, the Redeemer of the Jewish people. And the book of Ruth is kind of a foreshadowing, a prophetic book of end times. It's critical for us to see Boaz as a typology of Christ. And it's interesting that Boaz notices Ruth in his field gleaning. And in chapter 2, verse 5, we hear Boaz say, Who is this young woman? Verse 6, An unnamed servant, representing the Holy Spirit, answers that question. But we have this unnamed servant making Boaz aware of who Ruth is, and we have also the Holy Spirit who makes aware to our hearts who Jesus is, our Redeemer. In Christianity, in its finest, is God in His Spirit seeking out you and I whom he may save. All other religions, man seeks, strives, searches for ways to come before their God trying to win his favor. In Christianity, it's God seeking, striving, searching to save lost mankind. It's a complete opposite of the world's religions around us. Ruth, a Moabite, a Gentile, separated from God by birth, a non-Jew, but she's given grace by her kinsman redeemer, whom she doesn't know. Grace triumphing over the law. And that's the case for our lives, too. Ruth has already made her choice to follow Naomi. But don't miss this. And Naomi's God will become Ruth's God. Ruth saw enough 
in Naomi's worship of the living God that she wanted to associate herself with the Jewish God. And it just so happened that Ruth finds in Naomi a kinsman redeemer and she finds herself in Boaz's field to glean. What an interesting coincidence. There's no such animal as a coincidence. Uh, coincidence happens to be a term we as mankind use in attempts to explain God's plan and provision for our lives. Have you ever said, boy, was I lucky? Better to have said, <laughs> God has protected me again. Within the last week, I've had two near-miss accidents. Near-misses. Not my fault, by the way. I'm a good driver. I would never do anything. I would never speed or anything like that. But he protected me. One guy is coming towards me in a pickup truck. He gets off the side of the road. He whips it back on, and I said, oh, man, he's going to overcorrect, and I'm right on top of him. But he didn't. He saved it. <laughs> saved me, too. And then I'm going down 65, and a guy decides he wants to take my lane. And I'm right in that blind spot, and he pushes me off the road. But God protected me. So I say, thank you, Lord, for your protection. No luck was involved. God, in his providence and in his plans... You have to understand, Ruth cannot be in any other field than Boaz's field. God's in control of this. Naomi cannot have any other daughter-in-law except Ruth. It's in God's plans. Boaz can only react to Ruth with grace. It's God's plan. No coincidence in this story of Ruth, Naomi, and Boaz there's no coincidences whatsoever. And when God has shown mercy and grace, the least we can do as believers is to recognize that we've been shown grace and be thankful for grace. Amen? Amen. Ruth, she is a lowly Gentile, a Moabite, that has been excluded from the presence of God for ten generations. And that we read about back in the book of Deuteronomy. Ten generations, a Moabite could not come into the tabernacle area. But grace has triumphed over the law, and grace has been shown by Boaz as he redeems Ruth and Naomi. He becomes their goel, their provider. The threshing floor in this story represents the great tribulation period where God will winnow, as they did grain, he's going to winnow mankind. He's going to separate the shaft from the wheat. God bringing Gentile and Jew together as his bride, the church. And this little short book of Ruth is chock full of typologies as God gives students of his word a picture, a summary of end times. 
Boaz has told Ruth in uh, in verse 11, chapter 3, Do not fear my daughter. I will do for you all that you request. So let's read the details of Boaz dealing on behalf of Ruth at the city gate. Ruth chapter 4, verses 1 through 12. Now Boaz went up to the gate and sat down there, and behold, the, cro- the close relative of whom Boaz had spoken came by. So Boaz said, Come aside, my friend. Sit down here. So he came aside and sat down. And he took ten men of the elders of the city, and he said, Sit down here. So they sat down. And then he said to the close relative, Naomi, whom has come back from the country of Moab, sold the piece of land which belonged to our brother Imelech. And I thought to inform you, saying, Buy it back in the presence of the inhabitants of the elders of my people. If you will redeem it, redeem it. But if you will not redeem it, then tell me that I may know, for there is no one but you to redeem it, and I am next after you. And he said, I will redeem it. Then Boaz said, On the day that you buy the field from the hand of Naomi, you must also buy it from Ruth the Moabitess, the wife of the dead, to perpetrate the name of the dead through the inheritance, through his inheritance. And the close relative said, I cannot redeem it for myself, lest I ruin my own inheritance. You redeem it my you redeem my right of redemption for yourself, for I cannot redeem it. Now, this was a custom in former times in Israel concerning redeeming and exchanging. To confirm anything, one man took off his sandal and gave it to the other, and this was a confirmation in Israel. Therefore, the close relative said to Boaz, Buy it for yourself. So he took off his sandal. And Boaz said to the elders and all the people, You are witnesses this day that I have bought all that was Imelech's and all that was Chilion and Mahon's from the hand of Naomi. Moreover, Ruth the Moabitess, the widow of Malon, I have acquired as my wife to perpetrate the name of the dead through his inheritance, that the name of the dead may not be cut off from among his brethren and from his position at the gate. You were witnesses this day. And all the people who were at the gate and the elder said, we are witnesses. And the Lord make the woman who is coming to your house like Rachel and Leah, the two who built the house of Israel. And may you prosper in Ephrathah and be famous in Bethlehem. May your house be like the house of Perez, whom Tamar bore to Judah because of the offspring which the Lord will give you from this young woman. Boaz is there in verse 1 at the gates of this city, gates of Bethlehem. And it's similar to like an open plaza where all business dealings would go on throughout the day. Uh, And behold, it just so happened... Naomi's dead husband, nearest kinsman, comes by. Boaz greets this near kinsman with, Come aside, my friend, and sit down. It's Boaz's way of saying, I have a business proposal for you to consider. And Boaz then gathers ten witnesses of this business deal. 
Boaz, he lays out the kinsman's options and responsibilities for Naomi and her family. And he says, kinsman, you can exercise your right as the nearest kinsman and buy back this piece of land which belonged to Imelech in the presence, and he says this, of the ten witnesses. But if you choose not to redeem the land for Naomi, then I, Boaz, the next kinsman, I will buy it. The nearest kinsman, this sounds like a heck of a good deal to him. He says, I will redeem it. Then Boaz says, okay, let me explain further. <laughs> On the day that you buy the land from Naomi, here is what goes with it. You must also buy it from Ruth, Naomi's daughter-in-law, the Moabite. And you've got to raise up children in the name of her dead husband. Translation, near kinsman, this isn't going to cost you some money. It's going to cost you a considerable amount of money. Also, is your current wife, is she going to allow you to marry this Moabite woman and have children by her? You've got to think about that now. Children who will not carry your name, but will carry the name of Elimelech. And by the way, you're going to support this family and this child. The near kinsman, he thinks about Boaz's words, and he proclaims, uh, I cannot redeem the land. It's way too costly. Boaz says, then give me your sandal. I kind of like that. <laughs> you exchange a sandal versus signing deeds or whatever. The near kinsman tells Boaz, you buy the land for yourself. You take on that responsibility. I can't. Boaz calls the ten elders to be witnesses. I'll buy the land and take care of Ruth, the young Moabite woman. Then the elders pronounce a blessing upon Ruth and Naomi. The Lord make the women coming into your house like Rachel and Leah, Jacob's Wives, Remember, they bore Jacob 12 sons. And with these 12 sons, may you prosper as uh, Leah and Rachel prospered. May you prosper here in Ephrathah or Bethlehem. May you prosper as Judah and Perez have with their children. Quite a blessing to be pronounced upon you. Have children and may they prosper. But then let's look at verse 13 through 22. So Boaz took Ruth and she became his wife. And when he went into her, the Lord gave her conception and she bore a son. Then the women said to Naomi, Blessed be the Lord who has not left you this day without a close relative. And may his name be famous in Israel. And may he be to you a restorer of life, a nourisher of your old age. And for your daughter-in-law who loves you, who is better to you than seven sons, has borne him. Then Naomi took the child and laid him on her bosom, and she became a nurse to him. Also the neighbor women gave him a name, saying, 
This is a son born to Naomi, and they call his name Obed. He is the father of Jesse, the father of King David. Now, this is the genealogy of Perez. Perez begot Hezron. Hezron begot Ram. Ram begot Abimadad. Abimadad begot Nashon. Nashon begot Solomon. Solomon begot Boaz. Boaz begot Obed. Obed begot Jesse. And Jesse begot David. Now, that doesn't mean much to us unless your name is listed. You know, you can go through genealogies and it really is just kind of boring unless you happen to be mentioned. And if you're mentioned, then it becomes very interesting. But this is a joyous occasion. Ruth has conception. And it, it has come from the Lord. And she's to have a son. The women of Bethlehem, they rejoice at the blessings of God. Not upon Ruth, but upon Naomi. Naomi, your grandson's name, may it be famous in Israel. May your uh, grandson restore life and nourishment as you, Naomi, grow older. This was Naomi's ticket out of poverty. Now we have a declaration of truth. For your daughter-in-law who loves you is better than seven sons has borne you Obed. Obed, the father of Jesse, the father of King David. So Ruth, a Moabite, a foreigner to Naomi, has not only blessed Naomi, but the entire nation of Israel has been blessed by this Moabite woman. The entire world now has been blessed by Ruth, the great-great-grandmother of King David. And we know that David, of course, was in the lineage of Christ. In our men's study in we're in the book of Mark on Wednesday night. In chapter 10, we have a declaration by a blind man, blind Bartimaeus. He's begging on the outskirts of Jericho, and that's the way most severely handicapped people made their living by begging. But listen to Bartimaeus's words, and that's in Mark chapter 10, verse 46 through 52. You may want to turn there. Mark 10, verse 46. Now they came to Jericho. As he went out of Jericho with his disciples, a great multitude, blind Martimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the road begging. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Then many warned him to be quiet, but he cried out all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. So Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. Then they called the blind man saying, Be of good cheer, rise, Jesus is calling you. And throwing aside his garment, he arose and came to Jesus. So Jesus answered and said to him, What do you want me to do for you? 
The blind man said to him, Rabboni, that I may receive my sight. Then Jesus said to him, Go your way, your faith has made you well. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus on the road. David, the great king of Israel, the most honored king of Israel in all of their history, David is a typology of Messiah. Blind Bartimaeus, this beggar, he ties David to Jesus. And he ties it in the kingly fashion. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. The crowd wants Bartimaeus to be quiet. They warn him, hush. But Bartimaeus cries out all the more, and he cries out probably even louder, Son of David, have mercy on me. And the greatness of David spills down to this common beggar on the streets of Jericho. And blind Bartimaeus exercises faith in a roadside encounter with Messiah, and his eyes are opened. And God, in his great providence, uses a young Moabite woman who happens to have a beautiful, humble countenance, and he places her in the lineage of his own son. David said of being in the lineage of Christ, Lord, what have I done that you would bless me so greatly? Children are a blessing. Boaz has prophesied of Ruth. He has declared a blessing upon her. And that's uh, in twelve thirteen. The Lord repay you for your work. A full reward be given to you by the Lord God of Israel, under whose wing you have come for refuge. Then she said, Let me find favor in your sight, my Lord, for you have comforted me and have spoken kindly of your maidservant, though I am not like one of your maidservants. All the slots, all the positions of being in the lineage of Christ are taken. We can't go back and get in the lineage. But God's blessings upon us are wide open. We Gentiles, if we have a gentle, kind, compassionate heart, as in the example of Ruth, you will be amazed at how God wants to bless you. Could Ruth ever have dreamt of being in the lineage of David and in the lineage of Christ as a Moabite? No. She's very humble. She realizes she is not a Jew. She realizes that grace has to be given to her to survive. She needs a redeemer. Boaz, we need a redeemer. And we have a redeemer greater than Boaz. We have Jesus himself as our redeemer. May we learn the humility of Ruth. 
in our daily lives. Amen? Amen. Let me get you to stand. We'll close in prayer. Father, we see Ruth, we see Naomi, we see Boaz, and they're just people in the Old Testament, a nice story, but they were real. They were real people with real desires, with real attitudes of heart. And we see Ruth as a shining example of not just aligning herself with Naomi, but becoming Naomi's provision. And you blessed Naomi through Ruth. You said that Naomi, it was better to have Ruth as a daughter-in-law than seven sons. And that's not an overstatement. Ruth was compassionate. She was humble. And she was blessed of you, Lord. You looked upon her heart. And you saw something there that you could work with. Lord, I would pray that you would look upon our heart and cleanse them, sanctify our hearts, and may you find in us a heart that you can work with, a life that you can bless. Ruth was such a blessing to Boaz, to Naomi, to Israel, and really to the world. Just one humble lady that you looked upon and could bless blessed her tremendously and put her in the lineage of your son. Lord Jesus, may you look upon our hearts in the same way. And we pray this in Jesus' name. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen.